Bruce St. James. That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Larry Gatos. Yeah, I vehemently disagree. Outspoken with Bruce and Gatos. Speaking up for Arizona. Yeah, that's a total middle finger to the valley. I don't like it. Seriously, one more like that and I'm going to scream. KTAR News 92.3 and the KTAR News app. Ah, new era in afternoons on KTAR. Outspoken with Bruce and Gatos. Bruce out today. The wise man, Steve Zinsmeister, is uh, in. And uh, wise man. The uh, young lady uh, right across from us send us sent us this story a couple of hours ago. Uh, Becky Lynn, uh, you were going to run this in your newscast, and right? And I did. Okay. Um, did you just run it because no, I was in and out? Okay. No, I ran it back in the 3 o'clock hour, okay. right, right about the time I sent it to you. I thought it was quite interesting. It's so interesting because it, it, it deals with the border. And if you missed the show yesterday, I was telling the story. Um, of how, you know, my wife and I love to go to Rocky Point and we were there for President's Day and we came back like seven o'clock on Tuesday and we stopped right at the port of entry in uh, Lukeville and we're getting ready to cross over into America from Mexico into America and on the left side where where you where Mexico is right there. There is an agent, you know, from Mexico giving, you know, directions and orders to about 50 or 60 people. And I'd never seen that before. And I asked the Border Patrol agent, I said, what is, what's going on over there? And he said, well, those 50 to 60 people are going to claim asylum here in the next few minutes. So give me your passport because I'm going to be busy. And I'd never in my life in 10 years going to Rocky Point, my wife's been there, been going 30 years. We've never seen a single person try and get over the border, sneak in, claim asylum. And there's just a huge group waiting uh, and so it says a lot uh, uh, about our border. It won't be the last time you see it either. And then Becky Lynn sends us this story. Yeah, it's uh, a doozy. Let's play it. <laughs> it's exactly what many of the president's border critics demanded immediately busing or flying illegal border crossers back to their home countries. But Venezuela has stopped accepting those migrant deportation flights from the U.S., something the Biden administration began last October to deal with a migrant surge from that nation. It isn't clear how Homeland Security will respond to this new deportation challenge. Okay, I mean, goodness gracious. So we're trying to send people back, and certain countries won't let us land the plane. They won't take them. We don't want them. That's what they're saying. You had to know that was coming, right? Sure, of course. Not really. Uh, I don't really? know. I, get, I, get, I, I don't know. I it, it didn't. No, not really. Well, remember, Mexico <laughs> really. wasn't Mexico wasn't too happy with the Remain in Mexico policy. Right, but we're sending people back to where they came from. I guess we're, they we're, figure, we're giving you, they you don't have to like it. Yeah, I guess they figure. Well, you didn't want to be here. We don't want you either. Yeah, I guess we're giving them a free ride home. Here's the other thing. We're also letting in a certain number of Venezuelans already. And then there are a portion of them that have to be sent back. And now we can't land the planes in Venezuela. So it's insane. This whole thing has gotten completely insane. So we dug into this a little bit. Um, There have been 7.7 million migrants who have left Venezuela in recent years. They're escaping the authoritarian rule. The country is in an economic crisis. And if you look at the 7.7 million, that's about a quarter of the population Venezuela had when the crisis began in 2014. So people in Venezuela are leaving in droves. They're coming here. They're going to all kinds of different places. But, like, if you're, if you're Biden, you know, do it. Don't you, you're the president of the United States. You run the world. 
you can't demand you can't you can't demand listen we're we're absolutely going to going to going to put the plane on the ground and we're going to let these people back into your country is he that afraid of venezuela that he can't do anything oh, I, it, I, how do you go about threatening venezuela i mean if they won't let the plane land what do you say we're going to land it anyway and they say what we're going to shoot it down i mean i, I, I how does we, it escalate from well, there well i think we send venezuela millions and millions of dollars Right. There's no question about it. We send them so much money all the time because we're trying to keep people in Venezuela so they don't come here. Well, let's stop sending them the damn money. Well, the first thing you need to know is that of most of the countries that are sending a ton of people here, Venezuela is not one that we are friendly with. No, that's the context of the conversation. This is not a U.S. and Venezuela are friends. And now Venezuela is turning on the U.S. That's certainly not what's happening here. But you also got to think about it this way. If you're, uh, you know, a company or a team and all of a sudden one of your team members leaves, quits cold turkey, says, I don't like it here. I'm going somewhere else. And then somewhere else sends them back. Do you really want them back on your team? Well, they can't stay here. Venice. I mean, people are escaping Venezuela because isn't that a dictatorship? I mean, that's not a country you want to be in right now. I understand that. But you can't just they, a lot of it is economic is an economic crisis. Sure. It's, it's the country's worst economic crisis. That that doesn't get you to that. That doesn't work for asylum. That's not just because your country is, you know, in, in economic ruin. I feel bad for you. But but that doesn't work with asylum. You don't get to come here because your economy is in the tank. You get to come here because, I don't know, your life is being threatened. Um, There's a lot of that going around in Venezuela, too. But, I mean, all right, so listen to this. The leading countries of destination for a Venezuelan, right? The people are leaving that country in droves. Uh, They're going to Colombia. They're going to Peru. They're going to Chile. The fourth country they're coming to is the United States of America. We're fourth. Well, the other ones are much more geographically. Uh, uh, yeah, it's closer and absolutely. quicker. Yeah. So absolutely. that's the number one reason, I would so think. So let's drop them in Peru. I was going to say, what? so we've got this plane load of people, right. and they're not allowed to land in Venezuela. We don't want to bring them back no. here. What have we done with them? They Where have to turn they? around and come back. Oh, I think they came back here, and I think they let them out. And I think they let them go. Release I just, them into I think, the country, probably. Yeah, that's what I think. I mean, the president's got to make a stinking deal. I mean, come on, man. Well, the president did make a deal. You'll remember back in, I think it was the fall of 22 when they released that plan with a couple of, there was four countries, if I'm remembering right. Venezuela, Haiti, I think Colombia and Cuba. We would accept a certain amount. Or Honduras was in there somewhere. And yeah, we would let in, I think 20,000 was a number that got tossed around, 20,000 migrants from each of these countries. And in exchange, there were certain expectations in the immigration process. I think this is a part of that. And now Venezuela is saying like, yeah, no, we don't we don't abide well, by that there, anymore. Then there's no deal. Then you got to make a new deal. No, they just scrapped the deal. Well, then make a new deal or force them. Listen, I, I'll tell you this. The Rocky Point story with seeing the people on the side of the road on the Mexico side was heartbreaking. I mean, I was I was literally watching people in, in real time claim asylum. And it was cold. It was late. It was 730 and it was starting to get chilly. The sun had gone down. You know, there were moms with babies. They were trying to wrap up. It's heartbreaking. It really is. But it, but when I talked to the Border Patrol agent, he goes, we, we need something. We, 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 this, this is unsustainable. Um, and what he told me was, what was it? He said uh, uh, in an eight-hour shift, he's, he gets an eight-hour shift. 500 people claim asylum every eight hours on his shift. I read, too, that 262,000 Venezuelans crossed into the U.S. last year. 200 262,000. Yeah. Let's call it a quarter million. Yeah. 
quarter million people from right. Venezuela specifically came across the border in 2023. Yeah. It's a lot of people. It's a lot of people. And uh, how about this? Yeah. So since, uh, since October 1800, so let's call it 2000 Venezuelans on 15 different flights uh, were taken back to Venezuela since October. And then apparently late January, so a couple of weeks ago, is when Venezuela stopped accepting those flights. So we were only sending back in, let's call it three months, about 2,000 people, but 262,000 crossed over last year. It all adds up. It's a tiny, tiny percentage of the ones that are actually here. It's true, but it all adds up, though. Yeah. And Biden is just getting walked all over by Mexico, by Venezuela. I mean, he's just so weak. He's so weak on the southern border to the point where now he's saying, you know what we're going to do? I think we're going to bring back some of that Trump stuff. And he's considering using um, the the uh, uh, remain in Mexico policy, possibly the remain in the Mexico. MPP, I think it's called. Yeah. Yeah. Because when he got into office, he basically repealed like 89 or 90 uh, Trump uh, border protection plans, and he did it immediately. And look what's happened. Millions of people have come here. But he's walking a tightrope right now because it's an election year. Yeah. Do you do that in a year where you're up against Trump, or do you wait until hopefully you beat Trump and then you do it next year? Oh, but I don't, I don't can think the it, crisis continue for a year? No. If you have four more years of this stuff? It's a tightrope, dude. That's something he has to be thinking about. This segment brought to you by Beatitudes Campus. All right. Uh, coming up next, uh, Becky Lynn, I don't know if you've noticed this week. Plain injured. Uh, I had a brush. Oh, oh please. I had a br- injured. <laughs> I had a brush with death. Oh, come on. I was almost. I almost died. Are really? You, yeah. I, I almost. I'm. Su- I'm surprised. I'm even here. You don't. Look <laughs> um, uh, can much I, I'm gonna, different than you did. No, no. Um, I'm covering. Should we get you a doctor? Oh, I saw a doctor. Oh, did you? Oh, uh, my brush. Please. I'm not surprised. My brush with death. Tell us more. And I have evidence of it that you will see. Oh, oh, oh. no. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh. No. It's coming up next. Bruce and Gatos Outspoken. Outspoken. Bruce and Gatos. KTAR News. All right, coming up in about uh, 15 minutes. Uh, now we know why Carrie Lake is reaching out to independents and McCain Republicans, why she's being so nice. I almost died the other day. Really? Becky Lynn, wise man. You're lucky I'm here today, gracing you with my presence. Tell us more. There's a brush with death, ladies and gentlemen. I'm, I'm lucky to be here. Are you ready for the story? Absolutely. Why are you looking at me with such I disgust? Know. I don't know if I buy it. He what do you mean be- you don't buy it? I totally believe everything you're about to tell me, oh, Gatos. Boy. I love you. The whole you're story. Play into it. All of it. Okay. Please. Skeptical by nature. Lay it out there. As you well know, I'm in softball shape. And uh, last week I took the softball field. And it was a decision whether I play third base or outfield. Now, Steve, you practice with me. I'm no third baseman or outfield. <laughs> well, there's that. <laughs> but I really can't catch the ball in the outfield. I can't see the ball. So I said, okay, I'll play third base. Now, remember what they call third base. You're a baseball guy, Steve. It's the hot corner. It's the hot corner. Because mm. it comes in hot. Mm. So playing third base, and a righty comes up, and I'm, I'm ready for anything. I'm ready for anything. And this guy hit a scorching line drive that that was on top of me before I could even move. And it was also curving a bit. And maybe at 
well, as you well know, I identify as a 48 and a half year old. Maybe I am getting a little old and my reaction time isn't as good. Mm. The ball hit me in the chest. Oh, wow. It probably came off the bat. Some people said 300 miles an hour. So who's saying that? Uh, well, I, that was, I don't <laughs> know if People who that's, witnessed it. Yeah. Because what is usually, like, in all honesty, when the ball is hit by a major leaguer, isn't it like 150 uh, miles an hour? A really like hard one would be 110. 110. Now this this one, so this is probably somewhere softball. in the 40s, 50s. This one's yeah. Right. <laughs> and I got nailed. And this is a close range. With, with a, and so. Did it knock you down? I knocked me down. Why didn't you catch it? I think I was too slow. <laughs> I think I was too slow. I don't think anyone was catching that thing. I was, I mean, it's because sometimes it's, it's, it's past you before you even it put up like a glove. It was before you even realized oh, you'd been was, hit. I got it nailed. Was, yeah. Here's, here's the thing. I thought I got hit in the heart. Oh. Oh. I, I'm not, now, now, and I'm not exaggerating. I thought he hit me square in the heart. And so I went down like a sack of bricks. Right. And so my, my teammates come over because it looks like I got shot out at third base. I went down like, you know. And you just laid there. You got you got hit. I went you down. I got to like, a knee, right? I got to a knee. And, and what, like, I don't, I, I, everybody gets injured and stuff. This was a completely freak injury. It just proves that a freak injury can happen anywhere, anytime. This was as freaky as an injury as I've was seen. Was it hard to breathe? Yeah. I got the, the wind knocked out of yeah, me. Yeah. But I thought I got hit square in the heart. And I started to get, I'm a hypochondriac uh-huh. anyway, but I started to get scared because if you take a ball like the softball like that in the heart, you can get killed. Fun fact, softball's not soft. Not soft. That's true, they're, they're not. not. I don't know why they call them that. So so I removed myself from the game because I had to, I had to make sure I was like, okay. Uh, and someone out, went out and played. I just want everybody to know, I went in the next inning and got a base hit. Nice. That oh. is street cred. That's playing hurt. Here's the weird part of the story. You know what? Maybe I should just show everybody what it looks like. I was waiting for this. Oh, no. You have like He's a welt? Uh, I've got a welt. shirt off right oh. here. All right. Oh. I'll give you a chance. Go to KTAR.com. We've oh, got the live boy. feed. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to do that in a second. It's disgusting. But I went home and I told my wife. I said, listen, you've got to wake up every two hours to make sure I'm not dead. And she's like, you're fine. Because it ended up, the welt is on the side of my body, of my chest. It did not hit me in the heart. But I'm like, I, I think I got whacked in the heart. I'm going to, who's the, I, 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 this is the first thing that came to my mind. This is not a joke. The Buffalo Bills guy got hit. Lamar Hamlin. Yes, he got hit in the heart. He almost died. And he almost died. I said, listen, I can't, I, and, and she goes, you're fine. And I go, you got to wake up every two hours. You got to set your alarm and you got to make sure that I'm not dead. And she's trying to calm me down. And, all, and, and so, of course, what I did was I scheduled online urgent care the next day because I wanted like, you know, what do they put on the, the stuff on your chest? The uh, EKG. You got oh, an EKG? I got an really? EKG. Yeah. I, I'm like, I want to make sure I'm good. You want to make sure everything was ticking the way it was supposed to. You didn't get an X-ray? I did not get an x-ray. They didn't have an x-ray. Did but, you feel like you broke a bone? Like, you got, like, ribs there. It, it hurt. I mean, it's hurt. It's, like, today, Steve and I are putting the show together, and I go, oh, crap. And he looks at me and he goes, what? And then I sneezed. <gasps> yeah, it's the sneeze horrific. hurt. horrific. Yeah. It's horrific. I want to see it now. So, go ahead, Gators. So Take your shirt off. I was all... Whoa. So I, I want to see it. Right? I was all fine. My, my wife... Talked me off the roof, right? She talked me off the roof. She said, you're not dying. It didn't hit you in the heart. We can clearly see it's on the one side. It's on the other side. 
And so this is like six days in. Are you ready? Ready. Oh, boy. You guys ready? Are we watching on the cameras? All right, here we go. This is a first for Gatos. Oh, gross. Do you see that? It's like I'm all yellow and purple. Kind of. It's yeah. kind of below. You're you're below the computers. I'm going to have to look online. It's pretty colorful. He's pretty pasty to begin with. I'm very so, pasty. This yeah. thing was black and blue, and now it's gross yellow. It's a gross yellow. Ew. Can you guys see that in was there? Was it a lot darker on the... I mean, I'm sure right after it happened. I'm trying not to show my nipple, by the way. I yeah, don't know if you yeah, guys keep didn't that, know Keep that under wraps. It, is that good? Man. Is it tender? Does it hurt to touch? Can, oh, yeah. can you poke it? No, yeah, it's it's better better I don't want to Don't poke it. I don't know. I'm just wondering. So the moral of the story is this. Like, a weird, crazy freak accident, it can happen anytime, anywhere. Like, that doesn't happen all that much on a softball field. No. Right? You going to do a follow-up EKG? <laughs> like, you going to keep going back? I, Make sure your heart hasn't stopped? I, I made I made the first appointment at the uh, the next day. I was in and out, like, in, in 30 minutes at, at, a, at an urgent care. That's why they're urgent. Oh, yeah. yeah, but you can schedule it online. You're in and out. I was the first person in there. I want to breathe all the air of all these sick people coming in. But I'm fine. It was my brush with death. I'm still able to do the show, which is really the most important part. I'm glad you didn't die. I see it now. I'm watching online. Can you see it? Full screen. Oh, my God. Can you see it? Yeah, I can see it. Is it gross? You're pulling it up. Yes, it's nasty. Somebody pull that. Gatos is going to want the video forever. Oh, now I saw it online. It's disgusting. Nobody needs to see my my, uh, naked chest. I'm glad you're okay, man. Thank you. It would have devastated me if you weren't. You know, you say that with such disgust in your voice. <laughs> hey, you would have had to done the show by yourself. I know, probably. Well, I'd have you. Unless, yeah, say that. So, yes, Gatos, we're very happy that you survived. All right. Seriously. Thank you. That's that does look painful. I got a hit, by the way, in the next day. You I don't said, know. If I you don't mentioned think. that. Uh, yes. Yeah. Congratulations. We're proud of you. You got to read something wise, yeah, man. Gatos' story and this segment brought to you by <laughs> HigherPrice.com. Uh, Carol Royce, your home sold, guaranteed realty. Oh. It's certainly smart, Becky Lynn. Do you mm. want me to send you flowers? No. Would that make you feel better? It would have been nice a week ago. Yeah. Do you need me to carry the show the rest of the way? You already are. <laughs> hey, we it. know why Carrie Lake is being so nice to everybody. We'll tell you about that next. Outspoken. Bruce and Gatos. KTAR News. Hey, uh, Bruce is off today. Steve, the wise man, Zinsmeister in. Hello. And, uh... A lot of drama on the show. Not with Bruce. Carrie Lake was on Monday. Yeah, that happened. Megan McCain was on Wednesday. Then that happened. And this has been, uh, it's been interesting. It's, it's, it's a huge local story. It's gone national. Um, I mean, I was just passing one of the TVs and NBC News was doing a, a story on, on our interviews. Uh, and it's now international. Um, I think we know why Carrie Lake was playing nice on Monday. And why she was reaching out to independents and McCain Republicans. She's running for Senate. Yeah, I guess this kind of started on Monday when Bruce asked her about her big faux pas in the 2022 governor race, which was telling McCain Republicans that she didn't want their support, which is baffling when you consider that John McCain is probably the biggest political icon the state has ever had. It's like if the Cardinals put out a press release and said, we don't like Larry Fitzgerald supporters. <laughs> like, well, come on, what are you talking about? Right. And so that was a big mistake. And she realizes that now because she's backtracking. Really? Well, she realizes it was a mistake for her politically. I don't think that she necessarily feels the way that she's talking. Mm. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, I mean, you got to play to a crowd. That's politics. Well, it was almost like she didn't want to win the governor's office because when you tell people in your own party, don't vote for me, they're not going to vote for you. That's either a really stupid move or it's, you know what? I really don't want this job. So how can I blow it? And that's how she did. That's how she did it. But really fascinating how she's tried to change her tune. And so on Monday, why don't we play the clip? Because okay. I, it's fascinating. I didn't think I'd ever hear this from Carrie Lake. And by the way, I'm not buying it on sale. I want everyone's vote, whether you are a McCain, you know, a big, if you call yourself a McCain Republican, if you call yourself a middle of the road Republican, a Trump Republican, an America first Republican, I want your vote. And guess what? I want independence votes as well. And I want disaffected Democrats. And there's a lot of them who are waking up and saying, this is not working out. I'm meeting with so many people. I'm meeting with dozens of people who weren't in my camp and weren't for me early on. And and we're bringing people together. Okay, so now you have to go down the road of do you buy it? Because I don't think anybody believes Carrie Lake that when she was running down John McCain saying awful things, I was just saying it in jest. It was just a joke. Nobody's buying that. Nobody's buying that. No. But are people buying that Carrie Lake wants to win this race this time? She wants to reach out to independents because she needs them. And she wants to reach out to McCain Republicans because she needs them. I mean, do, do are we buying the fact, are we buying the possibility that she actually wants to win this race? Because mostly what she has done is she's not really interested in winning races. She's interested in suing people. She's interested in telling everybody how rigged the election was in 2022, going to court, uh, that kind of stuff. That's the Carrie Lake that I know. I buy that she's trying to win, and, and she obviously knows she needs to pivot if she wants to win because she needs some of these people. I, whether or not it works is a whole nother conversation because I don't think it will. Um, but, yeah, I am buy that she's trying to win because what other reason would she have to be all sunshine and rainbows all of a sudden and, yeah. and be all warm and fuzzy and kitties and puppies? I mean, there's no other reason other than trying to pivot and win this race. Uh, Megan McCain told us, when we had her on Wednesday, this was this was fascinating and apparently true. My entire take on this situation is the internal polling for Carrie Lake's campaign must be just daggeringly awful and scary to them when it comes to independents and McCain Republicans not voting for her. All right, let's stop it there. Turns out she was right. Okay. What do the polls look like? New poll. Lake trails Ruben Gallego, the Democrat. By almost 20 points among independent voters. Wow. Those are the people who decide who wins the election, by the way. Yeah. I mean, there's uh, uh, it, the biggest block of voters in Maricopa County are independent, are independents. There are more independents than Republicans. There are more independents than than Democrats. So Carrie Lake sees the writing on the wall. She knows that she can't run the same campaign she did in 2022. And she now trails Ruben Gallego, who's no great candidate, by the way. This guy's, I mean, I haven't been impressed by a single thing out of his mouth. But she trails him by 20, almost 20 points among independent voters. So if it's just Gallego versus Lake, Gallego's beaten her by double digits. If it's Gallego, Lake, and Cinema, Gallego's still winning by seven, six, seven points in a three-way. And so she's looking at this and she's like, yeah, I can't play the same, you know, scorched earth Carrie Lake that I did in 2022. I have to be much, much different. But 
I, I, I don't know how anyone is. I, I don't know. I, I actually don't know. Like, if you didn't vote for her the last time and you decided to vote for somebody, uh, you voted for, for Hobbs. I don't know, man. I, I still don't think that she can get an independent vote. I really don't. Yeah, I, I understand why she pivoted. I think a lot of people, like Meghan McCain has a good reason not to believe her, obviously, because Carrie spent the good part of two years bashing her father, her family, and all of that. I don't think you can come back from that. I don't no. think you can come back from doing that and asking Meghan McCain on Twitter, like, hey, why don't we go grab a beer? And in doing so, she never apologized for what she said about John McCain. So now you have Carrie Lake buddying up to the McCain voter. And I don't think a McCain voter is going to buy it. I think they're going to punish Carrie Lake for years to come and not give them th- that their vote. And I kind of wonder, too, how do the people who cheered when Carrie Lake said all those things about McCain, you know, get the hell out. Right. He's such a loser. He's well, trying to get power. Anyway. No, they're on her side. Don't get me wrong. But right. I wonder how they feel or react to her trying to oh. butter up to Meghan McCain. I bet they don't like it. Like, what What the heck? We just spent the last two years cheering for you every time you bashed McCain because Maybe. he's the establishment. He's the general republic. He's a rhino. That's a good point. And all of a sudden, she's like, I'd love I, to get a beer with you. I want We're both mothers. Uh, yeah, exactly. We both have kids. Both of our dads uh, passed away from cancer. She's trying to relate to the McCains now. And how does that, how does that go over with her staunch Republican MAGA friends? I, I don't think, know. I think part uh, a part say she is part of them say she's such a sweet person that she's trying to mend fences. Right. She's the one providing the olive she's branch. So she's being nice. the bigger person. Yeah. Uh-uh. There's no apology in it. If there was an apology, maybe we could talk. But she know as well as I do, she's not going to apologize. You got to check out our podcast and subscribe. It's Outspoken with Bruce and Gatos, brought to you this week by your Valley Chevy dealers. Hey, coming up next, you know the zone in downtown Phoenix. It's back and open for business, what? ladies and gentlemen. Yep, grab that street corner, because Phoenix is saying, listen, let's start filling this thing up again. What? That's next. With the Outspoken with Bruce and Gatos. Hey, Bruce off today. Wise man Steve Zinsmeister in. So um, I guess the zone is back open for business. Oh, boy. City of Phoenix, what are they, funneling them back down there again? I had a friend the other day, I was having some lunch, and he said he drove by. He goes, yep, it's filling up again. And I go, no way. What? Apparently it is. Yeah, the Arizona Republic posted uh, this article yesterday. I, I, I shouldn't even call it an article. It's just pictures of what's going on right now down at, you know, where the zone was. 12th Street, 13th Ave, or uh, 12th Ave, 13th Ave. Oh. I'm looking at the pictures, Gatos. It looks exactly like where when we left when we toured it a year ago. I mean, I, I, there's like... 12 to 15 people sitting in the same sidewalk here in this picture. So part of this stems from uh, CAS. Uh, They're the largest shelter down there downtown where the zone kind of congregated around it. And they had a budget shortfall for several different reasons. And so a lot of people were worried that because they didn't have as much money, they wouldn't be able to help as many people, therefore, therefore leading to more people basically living out on the street next to CAS. And as you and I have discussed many times, Part of the problem here is you're always going to have homeless people come back to that spot because that's where the shelters are. That's where the food is. That's where they're going to get their next meal. That's maybe where they're going to get a bed someday. People who are going to help them find a job, that's there. The zone is always going to be in the same place no matter how much effort you put into cleaning it up. I've seen more homeless people in places I've never seen them before in the Valley. Like, 
I was grabbing some lunch on Camelback Road yesterday in like 44th Street. I saw homeless people. Sure. I mean, I haven't been in that area. It used to be in there a lot more, but uh, I I noticed it so much more. I've I've seen there were there were a lot of homeless people. I always talk about um, you know off the I seventeen. It really doesn't matter what exit. Yeah, you'll I mean, see a lot of it. There. Some people are, are walking in the middle of the road. I almost hit a guy a couple of weeks ago. Remember, I told you I was I almost hit a guy. He was in the middle of the road. It was at night. He couldn't even see. He he's in the middle of the road, and you can and you can tell he's homeless. You can tell he's down on his luck, and you can tell he's wandering like aimlessly. I was driving to dinner the other night uh, with the family, and we were on Camelback, heading towards uh, kind of near Central, maybe like Seventh Street or right around there. And in the middle of the lane, I'm in the right lane. In the middle of the lane, I see something, and I'm like, that's something in the street. I got to get over yeah. so I don't run over whatever this is. And as we passed, we saw it. It was a shopping cart yeah. full of all their belongings, and the woman was sitting on the curb right next to the shopping cart, yeah. just waiting for a car to hit it, I guess. My uh, friend uh, sent me some photos in California, and you wouldn't believe it, man. I mean, there there are there are so many homeless people that are just lined up. Like, if you think the zone, like, think of the zone times a hundred, yeah, or like you know something like that. That the zone was a thousand people at one point. Yeah, th- I shouldn't say times a hundred, but yeah, I know. Think you mean. of a much bigger zone, and that's kind of. You know what? What you see, he, he even sent like in in. There are some people who have like an RV, and that's all they have. That's their home, right? And California is allowing them to just park on the road, to just park on the street, and they don't move them ever. And so he took a video of miles, a str- miles RV, RV one right after the other, and they're in front of homes in California. Would you want an RV parked in front of your house no. here in Chandler or Phoenix? No chance. For good. Because that's what it's like in California. So I don't know what the answer is, but I can tell you, Phoenix can't let the zone happen again. Well, and it is happening And again. remember how it actually got cleaned up was because the business owners down there took a stand and said, we got to do something or else my business is done for. Those same business owners are They're the ones chirping. coming out now yeah. and saying, this thing's a real thing again. All right, we're going to have to go down and take a look. Yeah, I think we will. I think we'll probably have to go down and take a I look. I think we're going to find that it's a lot like where we left it. All right. Well, the zone is back open for business. And by the way, that's not good for business down there. Hey, coming up next, we've got the latest polling. Who does Arizona prefer, Trump or Biden? You might be surprised next.